beautiful people. Welcome to Inside and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Fomichenko. As we continue to look inside and beyond to live a more fulfilling life, I think it's important to talk about the topic of relationships and dating. Today, my guest is Irina Polikova. Irina is a dating coach and she has drawn on her own experience, life and experience of your clients to really help us understand better all the nitty gritty of how to make a relationship work. Irina, thank you so much for coming and I'm very, very excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Natasha. I'm really glad for this opportunity to be on your show. Thank you. And by the way, for the listeners who might be confused, Natalia and Natasha is the same name in Russia, <laughs> even though it's yes. not technically shorter. So yes, I go as Natasha in the Russian-speaking world. So excited to have you here and uh, about the topic today, which is about relationships. And uh, relationship is such an important part of our lives, yet so many people struggle to find a really good one. So being a dating coach yourself, what are the most common and typical challenges that you see for people looking to find a proper and right relationship? Well, this is a very complex topic, uh, for sure, and yet extremely crucial and extremely important in the uh, nowadays. The most typical challenges that people face, and when I work with people or when I simply just uh, look at my own relationship uh, track and my friends, um, it's not having enough knowledge, not having enough skills to know how to make dating efficient, how not to, for instance, expect something, not knowing, not having a very clear vision of what it is that you want, not knowing how to connect the person uh, from the guy's point of view, not understanding how women operate, think and feel. And the same is true. The reverse is true for women, not truly understanding how men operate feel and think because we are very different and we can complement each other and we can make absolutely beautiful connections. But very often, uh, and this is one of the biggest challenges that I run into when I start working with somebody, very often there is a certain blame going on. So instead of going, okay, what can I change about myself when I can, how can I get to know the other gender, my potential partner, there is like blame from women to men and men blame women. So my big suggestion is to approach dating and love life from the place of togetherness versus from the place of separation, whether it's two opposing camps, women and men going at each other. Instead, how about we say we need each other, we want each other, we would like uh, to complement our lives with each other's presence and how do we make that happen? And how we make it happen, we uh, educate ourselves. Dating relationship skills is not something that we come out from our childhoods or the high school, the school from. This is yeah, something they don't teach do. us. No, not at all. We do it trial and error. Uh, and very often it takes quite a few broken connections to realize, okay, something is not working. There is a pattern. And uh, the most typical uh, challenge is where to find love. And even when you do experience it, how to sustain it. And this is something that needs to be learned. 
That's for sure. And we are going to talk in more details on how to sustain it. But let's focus for now on how to find it. You mentioned that we need the skills. And obviously, as I said, they don't teach us those skills at schools. So what skills do we need and how do we go about developing them? Well, the step number one would be uh, admitting the fact that uh, there is a gap in skills when it comes to forming a connection and sustaining connection. Uh, and where you get it, you get it from the coach or you self-educate yourself. There is an abundance of information out there these days, whether it's uh, YouTube, whether it's social media, whether it's books, there is absolutely an abundance. Uh, there is a bit of a challenge to like really go through all of this information and find what fits your individual personality, circumstances, and lifestyle. However, there are a benchmark, there is guidelines for in general for everybody. I always give this analogy to people. It's like when you want to get a new job and change your profession or upgrade in your profession, you prepare for it, right? You prepare for the job interview. You put certain uh, a dress or certain suit on. You don't go in your slippers, in your house shorts, right? You prepare yourself to present yourself in a certain light, in a certain way. Some do. <laughs> uh, well, some do, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know if that's effective, though. But you prepare for something uh, uh, to happen. So the same exactly approach has to be taken in dating life. And uh, there's this misconception that love and dating just happens, relationship just happens. And I think a lot of it comes from the romantic movies we have watched, maybe romantic novels we have read, social media that very often presents us with very unrealistic fake image of what relationship uh, is and how they happen. Uh, when in reality, it requires effort and it requires time and it requires serious self-awareness to actually truly approach it from the proactive point uh point of view so love doesn't just happen do not leave it up to fate you actually have to make it happen by putting yourself on the path of that love happening in your life optimizing the social life optimizing all the resources including online dating uh apps which is an amazing resource to utilize uh and then using the said dating skills to connect to people and to develop the connections going forward yeah, that makes sense. And I really liked your point of the fact that we shouldn't expect dating just to happen to us in the perfect way, right? We almost have to take responsibility for our lives in general and dating as a part of our life to actually create the life that we want, right? And if we are not taking responsibility and we're just expecting something to be happening to us or to be owed to us in in some way it creates this almost a victim mindset when you say well my expectations are not met every man is stupid you know there there are not enough men or or the men are not good enough and it just prevents you as a result from having a good relationship but it creates an excuse for you to not have it so i don't think it's a very efficient way to approach life and relationships so thank you so much for emphasizing this point you mentioned that we need to build the tools to experience to have better experience in dating um my question to you is how do we make efficient dating profile since everyone this time 
users, dating apps, online dating apps. So what would be your top suggestions to those who want to build an efficient online dating profile? Uh, thank you for the question. That is an awesome question. It's actually very interesting that there is like two typical, there are two groups of people uh, when it comes to online dating. There's a group of people that always say, oh my God, no, online dating absolutely does not work. It's all for hookups. There's, I just don't use it. Not even going to put effort into it. And then there's those that uh, use it, but they just keep on swiping and uh, not really getting any, um, substantial results uh, out of it. So online dating absolutely works. I have proof, um, actually personal proof. I have proof from my friends who met people and got married and have already have kids. Uh, there is a way to make it work. And just like I mentioned, approaching, uh, changing your professional or looking for a new job, it requires effort. And just like you mentioned, Natalia, about the fact that you have to approach it from the uh, standpoint of let me make this happen instead of just allow things to happen to me um, so I can just wait and hopefully just will fall into my lap, which it won't. Um, creating the first step, creating a compelling profile. This is something that many people, especially men, when I coach men, every single man I had to coach, we had to redo completely his online dating profile if it was already in place. Compelling online dating profile means you have photos that are good quality photos, photos that tell a story. And very often when I look at men's profiles, it's just a bunch of selfies, close up. And I'm like, I don't want to see the hair in your nose. I actually want to see <laughs> what kind of person you are. And I kid you not, like this is the photos I've seen that close up. So creating a story out of your life by putting pictures there, the face, the full body. You, If you have interests and hobbies, you put the photos of that. So when a woman is looking at your photos, she can emotionally transfer herself for a split moment into your life. She can see a life story behind it. And it's a great if somebody can actually invest a little bit of money into professional photo shoot and have those great pictures because this is what will make uh, a profile stand out just on Tinder in itself. There's 75 million users, active users, and three quarters of those are men. So for any guy who wants to utilize online dating, the competition is fierce. It's extremely high. So if you just snap a selfie, a few variations of your face, that will not make you stand out of the crowd. So standing out of the crowd is creating a story with your photos. That's step number one, because visually we create chemistry immediately, just takes a couple of seconds. The next step is the description. And this is where many guys uh, struggle. We women, for instance, process our world through emotions. We have to be emotionally triggered in order to even have a potential of connection. So description where you just put a list of your interests and hobbies is boring. Again, it has, you, you need to show, not tell. It has to tell a little story. And I'll give you a very specific example for those that are listening. For instance, instead of saying, I like sports, which is extremely generic. Yes, it's great. Describe something specific and emotional. On Sunday afternoons, I enjoy my time playing with my friends, volleyball. This creates image in in the head of the person who is looking at this profile and that person can go into this volleyball game and imagine you enjoying your life, having time with friends, getting physical, getting active. It's completely different approach. So emotional trigger and description is something that's extremely 
important in the profile because you get only a couple seconds to make an impression and you better not waste those seconds because the competition is extremely high. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for all those tips. I think those are very, very valid and, and hopefully super helpful to the men listening out there. I would like to add my own two cents as an experienced Absolutely. user of dating apps at some point of my life. On your point on how a man looks like, I completely agree with you. That's just posting selfies or, or even worse than selfies. I have, I have seen so many examples of very weird pictures. I would like to say that First of all, I, again, in my experience, I didn't like that much the pictures of, you know, a, a person being almost naked, even if his body is very hot, because it almost makes That's me think no -no. that, yes. that a guy is more interested in something super casual rather than serious. And the second thing is that if a guy only has professional photo shoots where he is posing, it almost makes me think that he is very self-involved and super in love with himself in a way. Um, so I would rather go for normal pictures of a good quality, but it's, they don't have to be all professional, um, in my opinion, because uh, otherwise I feel like the guy invests too much in, in how he looks, if you know what I mean. It's a very interesting point, and thank you very much, actually, for bringing that up. Yes, I agree with you. When I say invest into a professional photo shoot, I by no means uh, uh, I'm talking about posing in all of these six, whatever, up to ten pictures, depending on which uh, online platform you are using. But there is plenty of photographers that will make good natural pictures just look as good quality. This is what mm -hmm. I mean. Not yep. every single photo posing. There has to be absolutely pictures, whether you are getting sweaty on the marathon you just ran, or you're somewhere on a hiking trip and it's just picture of you with a couple of your friends looking happy. Those are perfect. Those are beautiful. But the couple photos there should be still that really good quality and not posing, but looking naturally, but good quality photos. This is what I yep. mean. And as far as the shirtless pictures, it's great if you, he's got body to show off. It's amazing, but it's not what should be presented in the profile for somebody to choose you based on. There's specific apps for that. If you're looking for friends with benefits, if you're looking for just physical connection, you can use other uh, apps for that as well. But if you're looking for a partner potential deeper connection, then yeah, it's a turn off, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, another thing that I um, am thinking about is I personally get a turn off from the guys who say on their profile in the question of like, what are you looking for? They say, I don't know yet. So <laughs> to me, it is a sign of a man lost in his life. So I get that some people don't know whether it's going to be a serious relationship or not, but you either put a serious relationship as a goal, because if it's your ultimate goal, then it should be stated there, even if you get a casual connection along the way, or you just don't answer this question. Because just seeing something on the profile saying about a man who is not sure yet, it just almost makes me feel like the man 
is not very confident. Again, another excellent point. I actually had this conversation literally yesterday with one of my clients, oh, uh, a female client. Yes, because she we were going through her uh, through her matches, and a uh, couple guys they have this I don't know, and it's a huge turnoff for ladies, especially when you are if you are twenty. Okay, maybe you're still figuring out. If you're over 30, you should have a pretty clear understanding what it is long-term that you are looking for. I think, though, what I want to say here is uh, from working with both men and women, it's a bit of a fear that men are um, experiencing and they feel if they were to put, I'm looking for serious connection, they almost feel like they are obligated to experience that, okay? Mm. And they don't realize that by putting, I don't know, they're thinking, well, I'm just flexible, you know, I'm going to see where this connection takes me, which is fine because this is how essentially you should be addressing your dating uh, life in general. However, the ultimate goal, do you want to have a relationship and a family in the future? Yes. Then you put that in and then you specify, you know, you give nuances to the person once you match up with somebody who's like, right now I'd like to explore. You have to explore your compatibility in this connection before you even decide if you want a relationship with this particular person. But in the long term, do you want the relationship? Yes, then you should really. But absolutely big advice, do not put, I do not know, because most of the ladies will swipe it away and will not respond to that. Thank you. Thank you for that. You mentioned that another challenge of using dating apps is that people just swipe left and right and never get to actually create this connection. And again, in my experience, even myself, I was guilty of that because I was almost, I was almost tired of having the same conversation in typing. You know, who are you? What do you do? And I'm a person who naturally likes um, connection in person. So for me, it was almost easy to just read the profile and ask a guy out straight away. Because for me, I felt like I would enjoy it more and I would spend less time typing the stuff that I've typed already over a hundred times. What's your opinion on, on this approach and, and generally how to avoid excessive texting, typing, swiping and move forward to creating a connection? That's a, that's an excellent question. This is like one of them, one of the modules, what I, what I teach, uh, in my coaching program is essential, not getting stuck in the texting trap forever. Mm -hmm. Um, the efficiency of online dating uh, only will happen if you apply a certain structure to it. And I'm going to uh, give you this structure. So let's say we already have a compelling profile where you have pictures and description telling a story and it's catchy and somebody does swipe with you. So once you make that uh, first initial connection, okay, so from that point on, uh, there has to be, hopefully coming from a guy there, unless you're using Bumble, hopefully coming from a guy the guys, you need to take a lead. If you're listening, you need to absolutely take a lead and open in the conversation because we ladies who do tend to get attracted to somebody who takes a lead. Uh, despite of how independent and strong our personalities are, we love the guys that lead. So take a lead and open the conversation. The, op the opener of the conversation should not be, hey, hi, how are you? Because this <laughs> is boring. It's boring, it does not stand out of the crowd, and most likely it will just get missed or skipped over. So no haze, no highs, 
no volunteering information about the size of certain body parts because I've had that quite a few times. That does not work <laughs> at, at all. But if you're truly looking for a connection, what you have to do if you're opening a man or a woman essentially is go back to the profile, pay a little bit closer attention and find something in the profile to either comment on or ask about something that you, for instance, can relate to. Not saying, oh, you look beautiful. That's generic. We know how we look like. We hear that all the time. Tell us something we don't know. Tell us something that is special. So going through the photos, for instance, if there is a picture of a guy or a girl in that sense where she or he is smiling and looks like just enjoying the life, like in the mountains, during the hike or whatever it is, you open the conversation by saying, hey, you look so happy and radiant in that picture. You must have truly enjoyed that experience. Where was the picture taken? This is what you ask. It. You engage into conversation. You touch on something that brings that person back into that amazing positive experience and the person will want to respond. So in contrast with, hey, how are you? I think you can feel the difference. So ask something or comment on something, not physical appearance, comment on some kind of emotion, comment on some kind of effort. If you see a picture of somebody who ran a marathon, right, or mud run, uh, and if you happen to be a runner as well, this is a perfect chance to connect to the person in relation to something similar, a shared experience, a shared interest. So always look for emotion to be triggered by either a man or a woman. Uh, and uh, yes, no highs, no haze. Once you have that going, once you open the conversation is going, you have about a day. I always suggest about a day of texting to realize whether there is actually mental connection. You have to be very careful not to project your hopes and desires onto that person behind those text messages because you have no idea who they are. Unless you meet the person face to face, you don't know who you're texting with. We uh, interpret text messages through our own filtering system. But let's say you text it and it flows. It's like a ping pong game, I call it. Like he asks questions, you ask questions, and it's kind of flowing easily and fun. That's where you go, a guy or a girl, that's where you go, hey, it seems like the conversation is going really well. I'd love to hear your voice. Let's have a chat on the phone. And then you transition onto the phone call to see if there's an actual mental click when it's a two-way conversation. And mm -hmm. only after that, you make arrangements for a first date face-to-face. -face. You do not go from texting to a first date because very often that's going to be a big awkward disappointment because you don't know who that person is. You have a phone call and if after that you still feel, uh, again, this goes to both genders, if after that you still feel like you want to get to know this person more, that's when the date should be happening and the date should be happening within like a week from mm. a match, no longer than a week if possible. This is how, this is the structure that I mentioned that keeps this efficient and you don't spend three weeks texting and then, oh, let's meet. And then you meet and you go, oh, crap, there is no connection there. And you just wasted three weeks of time projecting all of these emotions onto the texts uh, between you two. So compelling profile, from that you go to texting, great opening conversation, texting a little bit to see if there is click phone call conversation, video call is even better if you can summon some courage to do that. Video call is perfect. And only after that you do, uh, you set up a date within a few days to truly understand whether there is a match uh, on multiple levels. 
Interesting. Thank you so much for sharing this process. Super, super useful. Um, and uh, I'm just trying to think it through and uh, like on, on the point of whether I was applying similar to that or not really. So I can definitely say that I always skipped the part of a phone call and I'm now trying to understand how I feel about it. So on one hand, I think it could have prevented me from not having better experience on the dates that I went. Um, however, I also feel like having a phone call just creates additional hurdle of, you know, setting up and going through the awkwardness of like, okay, what do I talk to you about? Whereas when you meet in person over a drink, it's like, you know, it's, it's easier to open up a conversation. What do you want to drink? You know, where do you want to sit? Blah, blah, blah. You look great. So when you say, when you see a person in person, for me, again, out of my own experience, I almost feel like it's easier to make a connection rather than over a phone call. But again, it's just um, it's just my immediate thoughts on, on on this particular step. Thank you for sharing. This is actually very valuable information that you shared because I bet that there's plenty of women. Like when I coach women, majority of girls they fight me on this phone call structure because they want to go from texting. <laughs> <the> <laughs> uh, because what we girls do very often. We start texting with somebody and we marry him in our heads within 15 minutes, if it sounds good, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> that's not the way to go. So, but what I suggested, Natalia, is that when you're texting and it seems like there's a conversation that is pleasant to you, you kind of pause that conversation and you go, hey, I'd love to continue this conversation and hear your voice on the phone. And you just continue the conversation mm. on the phone. So that does not mean you go from the match into the phone call. That would be awkward a little bit because then it essentially becomes kind of an interview, right? Mm. You, you, you have to come up with things, right? So I can understand it could be difficult, but the reason my suggested structure is in place uh, when I coach my clients is because it saves you so much time. It saves you so much energy because it can get really awkward when you go on a first date and you have a couple hours to kill and within the first three minutes, you know that this is not a match. What are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, you know what? Okay, bye. I changed my mind. I got to go. This would be really tough to do, right? Unless you've got guts to do it and go, okay, I don't feel it. Sorry. Thank you for coming, but I'm going call. Um, very unlikely. So understanding your value, the value of your time, but also the value of the other person's time is part of having standards and communicating the standards with integrity to yourself and to the other person. And this is extremely important. So I disagree that it's, I understand this is your personal perception, but it's not a hurdle. It's a step that simply prevents you from wasting your time on that end connections mm -hmm. and it's something that communicates your self-image and your self-perceived value i value my time thus i need to have a phone call to know that i don't waste your time and i don't waste my time when we go to the grocery store and we want to buy some fruits we turn them over we pick out the one that looks the freshest right the best we don't just grab the first one and we go out of the grocery store the same yep. with dating you gotta be yep. picky yeah, that's a good point that you need to, first of all, be aware of who you are and what your standards are and what you're looking for, and then being able to act with those standards in mind, right? Uh, and that creates your boundaries, and that essentially leads the way to the relationship that you're looking for. So that's that's super important. 
moving on now to the first date phase. Uh, when, what would be your tips for those who want to do their best on their first date for men and women? This is an exciting step for sure. First of all, for instance, if you're having this phone call, I strongly suggest for guys to again, take a lead before you actually have a phone call with a lady, pick out a place, pick out a date, uh, a time and a date. So you have that ready. You have that information ready. And if it goes, if it flows well and you want to see her, you need to suggest the date. You don't ask her what she would like to do. No, no. Don't ask her what she would like to do. Offer her, hey, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Would love to see you in person. How about this coming Sunday, we go grab some ice cream and we take a walk and see if we truly click with each other. You give her information to agree or disagree with, but you don't offer her options. Okay, so this is when it comes from men to women setting up the date. Let's say the date is set up. Um, my number one strong suggestion, don't ever go to dinner. The first date always has to be inexpensive, casual, and short. You have to have an exit strategy simply for the fact that you can not click with somebody or even have an unpleasant connection because you don't know who you are meeting. So for that, keeping it short, keeping it casual and keeping it inexpensive is something that uh, doesn't put too much pressure. And mm -hmm. my suggestion is always going on a date somewhere where you can be side by side because that will allow you to see all the body language and to present your own body language, subsequently allowing more connecting space for two people to truly get to know each other. When you go, if you go to dinner, first of all, we're going to be worried about spinach getting stuck in our teeth, or we're going to be worried about the way we eat, or we're going to get worried about, you know, spilling something in our shirt. Plus you have this big, huge object, like a table between you, which kills a lot of the connection opportunity simply for blocking the body language from seeing each other. This is extremely crucial. So that's why, like in summer, if you like ice cream, you go get a smoothie or you get ice cream and you take a walk. You go to the park and you take a walk or you pick a bench where you sit side by side, where you can truly connect your energies and your bodies next to each other to experience that, to feel the physicality of it as well. And as far as the casual and inexpensive, I've heard so many times from guys how awkward it gets when they take somebody out to dinner and it's like an $80 or $100 bill and the lady does not want to contribute because she believes the guy should just cover the whole bill uh, without even you know offering to contribute. And this is where the cultural differences play uh, a role as well. So to avoid any of that, just go get something um, like ice cream. So it's cheap. You can cover it. And we can touch on the covering the bill later. I separately yep. if you want. But keep it casual. Keep it short. Just to truly see if there is chemistry between the two and from that point on you can go on a second date and you can upgrade it in a sense to whether it's dinner or something else like that thank you so much super interesting point and i definitely want to get to the cultural differences on how to pay bill because um, me coming from eastern europe and having experience dating western men it's 
sometimes is a challenge. So I wanted to get your opinion on that because I also know that you have Eastern European background. Yes, I have Eastern uh, European background as well. I come from Ukraine originally and I've dated and been married to Western men. I've dated different nationalities. And despite of all of this, um, different cultural upbringings and possibly different standards or desires, the way I look at it is when you go and the guy takes his wallet out and he's ready to pay, as a lady, you need to show that you are a team player. I would still like him to cover the bill, but you need to show the fact that you can actually contribute to be a team. So don't just stand there and assume he's going to cover it, but you take your wallet out and you genuinely offer to split the bill. This is why ice cream works. $5 will not make a big difference, right? Uh, assuming something that about the other person is always wrong, but offering a contribution will put you in a position for him to understand, oh, okay, she offered, I'm still going to cover the bill because I'm a man, but she offered. That's just a sign that you're a team player. You're there to make connection with somebody who you want to be a teamwork going through a relationship, not necessarily having him take care of everything. This is my view. And from coaching a lot of men, I can tell you that guys don't like the fact that women just assume the guys are going to cover the bill. Mm -hmm. I hope That's this a, makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does make sense. And um, I liked your point about showing that you are a team player, that you are also an independent woman. Um, and that's definitely a plus for a guy looking to see whether it can turn, it can turn into something serious or not. I have to mention though that for me, um, having grown up in Russia, um, and, and for you as well, the culture is such that a man is considered to be a provider. And it's something that would be very offensive in Russia, for instance, if you sort of offer to split the bill almost to most guys, not all of them, uh, definitely, but it's just a, a sentiment in Russia. And having said that, when I, like, if I offer to split the bill on a date and if a man agrees, even though I know that I've offered that and I know that I've shown my, um, my willingness to be a team player, if he offers to split it, it's just a, such a major turnoff for me. Just because in my culture, it is something that is almost rude to me. But I obviously, I mean, I've been an expert for eight years and I've been dating Western men as well. So it's not something that would be a, probably a deal breaker in my relationship right now. However, I'm always aware of that and it still plays a big role for me assessing the guy on the first few dates. And I agree with you and you uh, precisely describe what it should be. You still need to be aware of it. However, this should not be a reason on the first day to cancel the potential of a connection if everything else aligns. Because what often men do is they want to see your reaction. They are maybe 
we're t- we test each other, men or women, on a first date. We test each other. So if he offers, if you offer to contribute, he may say yes, not to hurt your feelings, because some women would actually prefer to do that. Uh, depending on the culture, but men may not know your, how strongly you are attached to your cultural background, mm-hmm. right? So if you offer to contribute, he may decide to respect your offer and let you pay. Okay. Yep. However, this is something that needs to be addressed going forward. It should not be a deal breaker, but it absolutely should be communicated because if you are truly like, if you're from the East and you're delegating somebody from the West, there's a lot of cultural difference that need to be discussed. And we can do this, you know, whole separate yeah. uh, topic, whole separate podcast on that. But still, always remember, you want to be a team player in the eyes of the other person. And you can discuss all the nuances later. Great. So now we are moving into communication. So how do you discuss those subtle nuances, especially those almost awkward nuances, like he offered to split, you offered to split the bill and he agreed to. And now you're sitting with him in the car thinking, okay, now I have to actually <laughs> explain to him my culture and that, you know, it bothers me in, in some way. So how do you go about it? Well, you, I would not suggest to do this on the first date. Your first uh, date, I don't even suggest to call it a date. You call it a meetup or get together. Your first meeting is essentially there to see how much of alignment and compatibility as far as physical, emotional, mental, uh, you have, how strong is the potential. This is the goal for the first date. So discussing nuances such as cultural background might not be appropriate on the first date. Um, again, there is no one size fits all. If the conversation flows and it comes up, by all means, yes, describe always describe it from the place this is what i feel and i'm exploring what else is out there in the world don't assume it's your way or the highway and it's your way the only the right way because it is not we're all different and this is what makes the world a beautiful place the difference is that we can embrace and enhance each other's uh lives with right so as far as the communication on the first meeting on the first date it should be um directed at understanding whether the core values are aligned and by core values i mean you discuss what you're looking for in the long term just like we mentioned in the dating profile if it's i don't know if you ask if you're out with him and you ask him what you're looking for he says i don't know that's a big red flag actually it's like okay you don't know because you just want to see what happens or you actually have a goal in mind that you would like to attain, you just don't want to talk about, right? You truly have to understand that. And yes, you do touch on each other's upbringings and cultural backgrounds, but I wouldn't suggest to go too deep into it because you don't Mm -hmm. know yet. Keep it as lighthearted as possible on the first date, but ask um, open-ended questions to learn the values of the person, not just to get dry facts. So in, for instance, instead of asking, what do you do for work? You ask, so is it something you have always wanted to do? Like, are you happy mm-hmm. with where you are professionally? Get a little bit of emotions out of it. Get values out of it. You know, ask fun, spontaneous questions. Don't do the job interview and small talk because that's what kills the connection, essentially. It doesn't really allow it to develop. Totally agree. To communication in the first meeting. 
Totally agree. And what about communication later than the first date? When do you start communicating heavier topics? Well, this will be up to you to decide, you know, how comfortable you feel. Um, I always suggest at the first couple of meetings to uh, highlight your strength. And for instance, never talk negatively about yourself or your past experiences with relationships, because that's a big red flag. So, for instance, if I go on a date and he talks negatively about his ex or his past dates, that means that if we don't click, that's exactly the same way he's going to be talking about me, right? So be very mindful. And I always suggest this to the guys and to the girls all uh, the same way is that if you are asked, if you're put on a spot and you're asked, so how has your experience been with past dates or past relationships? Uh, you just say, you know what? I've had connections. I've learned plenty and I'm really wanting to take that knowledge that I got out of it and apply to make my next connection as sustainable as possible. Sounds generic, but it's positive. You don't go, yeah. oh my God, she was so-and-so, he was so-and-so. Not yet. There's going to be place and time for vulnerability and sharing something less than positive later when you have established the trust and the safety in the communication space. But that usually does not happen within a few meetings. Thank you, Irina. That's super, super valuable. Last question I want to ask on the dating value chain, if I may call it so. How to exit a date if you don't feel like a connection is flowing? That's a, that's a tough one. Um, I just wrote a blog on my website. Uh, I called it Don't Goes Be a Good Ender. So it's inevitable that there are going to be connections where we simply don't click and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Like it's, you were just, you can't go around uh, filtering through certain connections that don't work for us. So being a good ender of connection means you don't pretend you had fun and then you just go to the person. This is disrespectful. So if you're not on the, if you're not put on the spot and you're not asked uh, by a person, Hey, let's do this again. Then I suggest you just say, thank you for your time. I had a decent time. Um, have a good night. You don't go, Oh, this was great. Let's do this again. Even though you know, you're not doing this again. Don't do that. However, if you are asking, this happened to me many times when I did not feel the connection, the guy did, and he's like, oh, when are we going to see each other again? And I go, oh my God, what do I do now? So in that case, what happens, what you should do is, again, men or women, you say, you know what? Let me think about it. Thank you for your mm -hmm. time. I'll get back to you. Most likely the person will understand that you're probably not really inclined to have another meeting. However, uh, this will give you time to come home uh, and craft a little closure message, letting the person know that you value their time and the effort. You just did not happen to feel the connection you hope to feel. You wish them best of luck in finding your true connection. And that's it. You don't ghost, you don't block the person unless it got really weird and creepy. But if there was decent time, allow that person to have this emotional closure. It doesn't feel good to be ghosted because a guy or a girl will go wondering, okay, was there something wrong with me? Did I say something? Did I smell? What happened? No, you just simply allow the person to have that closure. And instead of preventing them from trying again, you actually encourage them to go forward because they just got the truth direct communication in a kind, compassionate, and respectful way. 
That's a great point. And it's coming out of you. So it's not saying something is wrong with him. It's just, it no, was you who didn't feel the, the connection. That particular dynamic. That's all. Exactly. It's exactly. And I like how you emphasize the point of not ghosting because some people tend to think, well, it's going to be uncomfortable for me to write this message and it will be uncomfortable for this person to receive this message. Therefore, ghosting seems like a less uncomfortable thing, which is completely untrue. It is untrue. And we, every single one of us can truly improve our communication skills, regardless of where we are, because communication skills, just like dating skills or relationship skills, it's something that we have to learn. So communicating direct and directly and openly to somebody with kindness and compassion is much better than just leaving that space completely open for that person to fill that space with fears and disappointments and that person will go on thinking okay there's obviously something wrong with me meanwhile there is nothing wrong with that person thank you thank you for that Irina, it was such a wonderful conversation i've learned so much and i hope my listeners did too is there anything else that you would like to share i know that your new book is coming up soon uh i know that you have a great coaching program anything that you would like to share with the listeners that absolutely i'd love to uh let listeners know that i have a website uh and it's i think it's pretty easy to remember uh it's loved and fulfilled.com uh i love this domain i chose it for a reason because every single person deserves and wants to be loved and fulfilled so loved and fulfilled.com is where you can get more information about myself and the coaching programs uh i coach both women and men however uh primarily i do coach men i will never turn women down um but i feel like um men need a little bit more coaching and help than women. <laughs> so, and I, I really want to change that. I really want them. I want to give them that knowledge and that space and those uh, skills. And yes, my book will be coming out soon. And I hope maybe I can return to your podcast to talk about the book. It's just essentially my personal transformation journey from becoming uh, an empowering coach for all the way from the just uh, emotionally broken Ukrainian immigrant that arrived here over 20 years ago. And it's been quite a journey. And my goal is to encourage others to get on the transformative journey as well, to make the life uh, better, to feel better about yourself and to make your life uh, more fulfilling. I do dating workshops online every month for free. I have group coaching and all of this information you can find uh, on my web website, loved and full fulfilled.com so thank you so much for having me natalia it's been it's been a real pleasure thank you thank you Irina. i will put all the information to the show notes and good luck with your book you're very inspiring thank you so much for your time thank you natalia thank you it's been a pleasure